Hey sister, so today we're going to dive into what the biggest roadblocks are, the biggest obstacles that are hindering us from both discovering and living out our calling. And in the last podcast episode, we dove right into how to identify what God is calling you to do and how to identify your unique God-given purpose. So now that we've gone through that, and I want you to, if you haven't yet, go back and sit down with those exercises. I want you to really reflect on them and see where the Lord leads you. But now once you've done that, I want you to listen to this one where we're going to uncover the 10 biggest roadblocks that often prevent us from actually living that out. And so this is something that is going to be unique for all of us, but I've seen that these 10 are the ones that come up most commonly in the women that I coach and in my own life as well. And I think are very common for those of us who are driven women who really want to do good work for God's kingdom but who are kind of, again, plagued by some of these things that society tells us and some of the pressures of the world. This is going to help you step more fully into who God has created you to be and all that he calls you to do. If you want to make the most of this podcast episode, I encourage you to, again, sit down with a journal and then reflect on what is personally holding you back. Most likely, it's going to be a combination of these things that I'm going to go through today, as these are the ones, again, that I've most commonly experienced that I still am working through, and then I also most frequently see in the women that I'm coaching and in community with. Hey friend, welcome to Arm to the Heart. I'm Megan Gephardt. I believe life and motherhood is a gift. I believe each of us are born with a unique mission we're meant to fulfill. I believe babies and dreams can and do go together. I believe it is possible to pursue the dreams in our hearts and also be a great mom at the same time when we let God lead us. I believe it takes a village and a whole lot of grace and that military life and motherhood is so much better when we do it together. So let's put on the armor of God. Let's run this race set before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ. So as we dive in, I really want to first start off with a verse from Colossians, and it's whatever you do, do it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And I love this. There's a few different variations, of course, with different Bibles, but I love this because it's just a reminder that we are working for the Lord. We're not working for man. And how often do we just get caught up in really serving other masters other than God? But we have to remember that we might not see the fruit of all of our labor here on this earth, but we can trust that God will reward us in light of eternity. And that's what we just have to keep our eyes fixed on Christ. So that's what we're going to go through today all the different ways that the world is holding us back and that this again this is a form of spiritual attack the enemy wants to keep us down because god is inviting us to step more fully into who he's created us to be and the impact that he wants us to make on the world and how he wants us to participate in his ongoing plan but the enemy doesn't want us to to do that he wants us to keep stuck and to stay down and to be isolated and to feel um, a lot of self-doubt and all these other kinds of things So we're going to dive into each of these and what they can look like and what's included and what we got to be mindful of. And so I'm going to help you identify what these things look like for yourself. For each of these, I'm going to go through what I've seen in myself and in the women that I've been coaching. And I want you to think about what applies to you and kind of do this exercise to to really pull out the threads of what is holding me back in each of these areas and how are each of these impacting me. Again, a lack of awareness is always the first prison that we can break free from. So as soon as we become aware, we can start to confront these things and bring them to the light so the Lord can heal them and redeem them for his glory. 
So these are all things that block us from living out our call. They're calling blockers. But we're going to also talk about calling catalysts and how we can, what we can do about this because I don't want you to just stay stuck. First step is always awareness, but I want you to be able to move beyond this. And I'll guide you in what those next steps can look like. So the first one, the world. So again, the world's going to try to define all day long who we are, what we should do, who we're not, who we can be, who we can't be. And so we oftentimes will end up subscribing to these very narrow definitions of success. You know, we we see what a traditional path of success looks like within our career or within our environments that we're in or, you know, how we've been raised and all those kinds of things. We have these certain manuals in our mind almost of, you know, this is what it looks like to be successful. This is what a good mom looks like. And it's like we have this one idea and we don't want to kind of diverge from that path because we think we're going to be a failure if we do. We have to think about though, again, God has given us unique gifts, unique stories, and unique children if we're a mother, unique family situations, and unique calling. And so every single one of us is different. And first and foremost, we need to remain grounded in the Lord and our identity in Him and then ask, okay, Lord, now that I am yours, what do you want me to do, right? Oftentimes we can have such a hard time in letting go of the the need and desire to fit in with the world and with other people because we're naturally seeking approval. We can often fear persecution from the world or from others if we don't necessarily fit in with those molds, right? But the thing is, what I've really been working through, and this is a big part of me starting this podcast was having to work through all of this, is that when we're fearing persecution maybe or we're fearing, you know, being misunderstood or, you know, not being approved of by others, We have to remember that Jesus promised us that if we follow him, we will experience persecution. But we can take heart because he has overcome the world. And he's fighting right alongside us. So that gets in very closely with number two, fear of man. This is, again, worries about other people's opinions, fear of judgment, fear of losing our credibility, our respect, influence, status, popularity, our friends, our family, etc. by following the Lord instead of the world or instead of following what other people say we should do. We can fall into a lot of people-pleasing. We can follow other people's dreams instead of our own. We can let the critics get us down and kind of diverge us from the call that God has for us. We can subscribe to these old labels of what other people told us, who we, other people told us we are and what we're capable of and what we're not. So think about potentially, you know, this could really be especially in our family structure, our past history, how we were seen by our family, what our family shaped us into, how they have influenced our choices that we made in terms of our career paths and those kinds of things. Sometimes, you know, we got to give our family a lot of grace because they were doing the best that they could given what they had. But sometimes it's okay to do something different. And sometimes we have to give ourselves permission because we never felt like we had the true permission to do what we were called to do. Another one here that comes up when it comes to fear of man is... A reliance on external validation in order to move forward with whatever our purpose is and what we're called to do. And a lot of this can tie back to, again, placing our worth and our identity in our performance and what we produce and feeling like that's what makes us worthy. And so if we are, one, allowing the world to define who we are and what we should do, and number two, we're allowing other people, fear of man, right, to define who we are and what we should do or what we're capable of, then we're not going to be open to hearing the Lord's voice. We're going to be so focused on whatever limitations the world sets of us or whatever expectations the world has of us instead of the possibility that God has for us instead and the plans he has for us. Number three is going to be our inner critic. 
And this is such an important one because what I've noticed in just my own personal growth and in working with so many women who are very hard on themselves is we are not kind to ourselves. You know, we talk to ourselves like we would never talk to anybody else, a friend or or anybody. Yet we allow that. We allow ourselves to just beat ourselves up and like pound pound ourselves down into the ground. And it's it's pretty terrible when we actually take that step back and we look at it. And so some of the things that can impact this is, you know, what labels are we maybe holding on to? The labels that somebody has noticed in us, maybe they've made an external observation when we were young or something like that, and now we are still retaining it. We're holding on to it as a limiting belief. We've now internalized that so deeply that we can't really see past it. You know, and this is this is really where we have to examine, or we're just invited to examine any childhood wounds, any past traumas that are impacting our own image of ourselves. And how is that diverging from who God says that we are? Here is where we can really fall into a lot of imposter syndrome. We can have a low self-trust. We can experience a lot of insecurities and, and see it as kind of a low confidence. We can fall into a lot of comparison or competition with other people. And instead of focusing on, you know, really growing in our capacity to live out God's call for us, we're focused on what everybody else is doing. That's causing us to doubt what we're capable of and if we have what it takes. You know, there's a lot of shame associated with this oftentimes, the insecurities. And then the other part is that sometimes we aren't necessarily equipped or we don't know how or nobody's ever taught us to do the inner work to overcome and release those limiting beliefs. So our inner dialogue is just so, so important. And this is one of the biggest things that just holds us back time and time again, every single day, but in the little ways and the big ways from living in God's calling for us more fully. So number four is feeling like we're not worthy. So that sense of unworthiness, and this can look like a lot of different things, but do we deeply believe that we are worthy of our dreams? Or maybe have we subscribed to the idea that now that we've become a mother, we're not worthy of our own dreams? Or do we believe we're worthy of a life of peace, of purpose? Do we believe deeply that we're worthy of waking up every day to work that we love? Or do we just subscribe to the idea that, I'm just going to have to deal with this work until I retire and then I can finally live a life that feels meaningful to me and feels enjoyable to me, you know? How much do we just push through, push through, push through just to get to the next phase and feel like then we can finally be happy? You know, do I really believe that I am worthy of acceptance regardless of my performance, regardless of how I produce? Do I truly deeply believe that? Like in my head, maybe I believe it, but does my heart believe it? Do I believe that I am worthy of rest regardless of whether everything is done or not on my to-do list? I know I have such a hard time with this one and I've been working through it so much this year and God has just been helping me grow tremendously in it, but it's hard. And so those are some examples of how we might feel unworthy. That is a big, big obstacle to actually living in the fullness of who God has created us to be, both within and beyond our calling, and again, in a very integrated way. Number five, fear of failure. Oh, this one is so big. For so many of us, especially who are perfectionists, my fellow you know, recovering perfectionists out there, you're going to really feel me on this one. So fear of making mistakes, not giving ourselves compassion, not feeling like we even have permission to make mistakes in the first place and to learn and grow through it but kind of guarding against the possibility of failure by just not taking the first step in the first place. Like how many times do we just not want to try something new because we're like, ah, that's a little scary. It's a little uncomfortable and I might fail at it. I know for me, starting this podcast was a big one. And so that uncertainty, the unknown can be really scary, especially for those of us who do have that sense of, you know, that we don't even allow ourselves to make mistakes. It can be hard if we don't know the outcome. We fall into a lot of overthinking, analysis paralysis, or basically we're like paralyzed until we either feel like we have it all figured out, we have to know what the outcome is going to look like, or the results will look like before we're even willing to try or to start. 
we're waiting until conditions are really perfect or this, the right time, the ideal time, or we're waiting for life to settle down before we begin. You know, we, we can be afraid of being on the wrong path or making the wrong decision. So we just wait almost like for the sign in the sky. And it's like, we could be praying all day long and we're just waiting for God to literally put a sign in the sky for us. But the thing is, sometimes God doesn't work like that. We're trying to fit him into the mold of who, maybe what he wants us to do, but maybe he's calling us to take that one first step or to just have a conversation or to take a, maybe it's a bigger leap of faith, but oftentimes it's a smaller steps, small steps in action that bring more clarity. So if we're not even willing to take that first step, then how is he going to guide us? He wants us to move. We have to move in our weakness and move in faith. And he's going to speak to us through that. He's going to mold us and help us grow through that. And he's going to force us to rely more on him when we don't have it all figured out ourselves. And when it's not in our full strength and capacity that we're operating. Because in that, there's not enough room for him. So we'll get into that when we get into self-reliance. I don't want to jump too far ahead of here. <laughs> Another one in terms of fear of failure, I'll put it in this category, is a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. So if we don't feel like we're able to fail, we're not actually going to grow into who we're meant to be because we're going to stay in our comfort zone. We're only going to be willing to stay where we are comfortable. But the thing is, we're going to, it's going to lead us into inaction, actually. It's like, I haven't done this before, so I'm new to this. I don't know what I'm doing. It's too hard. Other people know better. Look at everybody else who's, who's already had it all figured out and what's wrong with me. You know, and, and so how many of us fall into those things? When it comes to living out our calling, you know, the unwillingness to take risks because we're worried about failure, but we have to step forward in faith anyways. And there's a way to do it. That's keeping in mind our integrated health. And that's what I'm all about too, because it's not easy and we need to be supported in it. All right. Number six, being overly fixated on the outcome. So for those of us who, again, kind of fall into the high achieving um, mindset, oftentimes we, we are very results driven. And that's probably served us very well in our life. Like we probably have, you know, either been very competitive in sports. We've been competitive academically. We really give our best in all that we do. And we may have been rewarded for it in the different environments that we've been in. But the thing is, sometimes we can fall into a trap of either this reliance on seeing the results. Otherwise, we're doubting if we are on the right path. Or we're impatient with our own progress. We're treating it as a sprint instead of a marathon. We're looking for overnight success, or we have this quick fix mentality, or we're looking for instant gratification, and it doesn't allow us to either feel like we're able to rest, to be happy, to feel satisfied, to feel fulfilled, or to feel like we are enough until we make it. I'm putting that in air quotes, or until we get there, until we arrive. So we're always measuring the gap and not the gain. We're not celebrating the progress along the way, we're not giving ourselves credit for all the things that, that God has done through us so far and that we've accomplished and how far we've come because all we're looking at is how far we are from where we want to be and we're beating ourselves up about that. So that's what happens when we become overly fixed on the outcome. So we're not celebrating that progress because we're focused on perfection. And again, when we focus so much on the outcome, we lose sight of how God is working through us. We lose sight of the journey and the, the beauty of the journey and the joy that's in the journey, and the sanctification of the journey, because the journey itself is what is making us holy. It's not the achievement of whatever it is. You know, it's not, the impact that we make is a byproduct of who we become along the way, but who we become is the gift to the world around us, to our family, 
to everyone that God is calling us to impact. And that's the ripple effect. That's multi-generational, you know? And so we just have to keep that in mind. But when we're so fixed on the, the results and the outcome, we lose sight of that. We don't allow ourselves to see with the eyes of heaven. You know what I mean? And so that's something that can really, really bog us down. Okay, number seven, kind of related to what we've been talking about, self-reliance. So what do I mean by self-reliance? It's, it's really feeling like it's all on us. It's leaving no room for God. And in many ways, it's actually, it's not only pride-driven, but it's also that we are kind of thinking too small, I want to argue, because we're only thinking about what's possible through us, through our capability, through our, you know, expertise, through our merit, but we're not thinking about how God can do the impossible and how nothing is possible without him. So it doesn't leave any room for him. So our dreams have to be big enough to actually leave room for God. And so again, that need to control the outcome is oftentimes what we fall into when it comes to self-reliance. We lose sight of how we are really dependent on God. Every single breath, every single moment, we are dependent on God. And that's why, again, whenever we feel like we're not enough, we can remember that we were never meant to be enough on our own because it's through God's grace, through Jesus Christ and his saving grace that we are made worthy of the promises of heaven. So what happens when we fall into all this self-reliance? It's not fun. It's not fun. We feel like this hustle mentality. We feel like we're never enough no matter what we do. Again, we have to control the outcome. We're not detached enough from those results. And we feel like we have to make it mean something about us if we are failing because we're placing so much of our worth and our identity in it. We have this pressure to prove ourselves constantly and always do more in or- and be more in order to be worthy. We fall into, you know, we kind of lack discernment. We start to turn away from the Lord and instead look a lot more to the world for that external validation. We get very distracted. We get very confused on what direction we need to take. We make a lot of decisions out of desperation or insecurity. We take a lot of opportunities that look like shiny objects, but they're not of God. And they're actually distractions from our true call. This is what happens when we fall into self-reliance. And this is like my signature struggle, let me tell you, so I know it well. And for all of the women who are in my group coaching community, like this is one of our shared, shared struggles. And we talk a lot about it and there's no shame in struggling with it. But the thing is when we're in community and we can struggle through it together, it's a million times better. And we can, we can lift each other up and call each other higher. And it's just a beautiful thing when we're on a journey with other women through that. So that was number seven, self-reliance. The eighth thing that can really hold us back from living in the fullness of our call is disintegration. And I'm all about this. I am all about wholeness and holiness and the intersection of those two things. And oftentimes we can think of it as like balance, work-life balance or whatever, but that's such a simplified way of putting it. I think it's much more of a harmony and this alignment. It's a harmony in how we're spending our time and who we are and what we're doing and how that squares with our real priorities and the priorities that God has set for us. Not that the world sets for us, but that God sets for us. And what this can look like is ignoring or bypassing our own needs constantly, pushing through when our mental, emotional, spiritual health is struggling. It's not being equipped to manage our stress and anxiety. It's not necessarily building the infrastructure around us to support us through hard seasons. Pursuing one area of our life or one goal that's completely at the expense of the rest of, you know, our health or our family or our well-being, our marriage, our home life. You know, and this is, this is our world. We're suffering from a lack of integration. And so we may see, you know, external success, but then within us, we are suffering. Within our homes, we are suffering. Our family is suffering. But God has made us for more. He's made us for wholeness. Another one that can really impact us when it comes to integration is not necessarily asking for help when we need it. 
So we end up falling into this combined with a lot of other things. We end up falling into burnout, constant guilt, resentment, unfulfillment. And so we have to build in those practices and very, again, it's simple. It's simple ways, but combined make a huge difference of a routine, a life-giving routine and these wholeness practices that keep us grounded in what's most important that allow us to pursue whatever dreams God has for us, for our calling to pursue excellence in his eyes, not the world's eyes because those different things, but without compromising what matters most because that's what the world is going to have us do all day long. It's going to pressure us to sacrifice what matters most for the altar of success, on the altar of success. But I'm here to tell you, you don't have to accept that. Number nine, a lack of support. So this could be, you know, we don't have the mentorship without we need. We don't have the guidance. We don't have examples from others who have been there, who have the same values as us, who have overcome some of these challenges too. And I think it's so important to find those people who share your values and who can show you it's possible to do it differently. Because otherwise we end up figuring it out ourselves or trying to figure it out ourselves the hard way. And we bear the cost of that along the way. And so there's no shame in asking for help and reaching out to others and letting others into your inner world just as much as your world because we all need to be reminded of what's possible and we all need one another. We're made for each other. We're made for community. We're made to share each other's burdens as the body of Christ. That's what we're called to do. And so we are meant to be a village for other people, but also to receive the help from a village around us. You know, if we don't have it in person, then, then it really is an invitation to cultivate it virtually too. And that's what I'm all about. And I think so many of us, we need that extra accountability We need the community and a fellowship of like-minded women around us who can lift us up, who can pray for us, who can encourage us when we feel spiritual attack, when we're getting bogged down in some of these hardships, where we can have these open, honest conversations and we can pour out our heart to and to be seen, known, and loved and accepted in our weakness. And we can be made strong in Christ with one another. And that is what my community does. And it's just beautiful to see. Then number 10 Last thing that can really hold us back and be a big barrier to living out our calling is just an underdeveloped skill set. And I, what I mean by this is like very practical skills, like manage, managing our time, time management, routines, boundaries, making decisions, managing critics, again, managing our mind, taking care of our health, managing our home. Like these are skill sets that we can learn. So the thing is we're not stuck in any of them, which is a great thing. That's, that's the uh, beautiful thing about it. And I absolutely believe that so much of managing our time is actually about managing our mind. We'll talk about that more, but I just want to put it out there. So in all of this, we have to take our old beliefs and the beliefs of the world and all of these different things that are holding us back. We have to be willing to receive the truth of God's word instead. We have so many of these unexamined labels and beliefs that are subconscious that we have to bring to our awareness So for example, some of these old labels that we might have that are really holding us back internally is some of these ideas. I want you to literally journal this for yourself, what this looks like for you. These messages and narratives of in order to be successful, I need to blank. I have to blank. I have to do blank. I have to stay blank. Maybe it was, I was told I was too blank or I can't be too blank. I am too blank. I suck at blank. I don't have what it takes. Like any of those kinds of things, I literally want you to take a moment and journal what that looks like for you. Because as you dismantle some of these old beliefs that are oftentimes, again, subconscious, you'll start to bring them to the surface. You can bring them to the Lord to be healed. You can lay them all at the foot of the cross and Jesus can come into those places and again, redeem them. 
But the thing is, the devil loves to keep things in the shadows and unnamed. Hidden in the closet is where he works the best because if we, if we don't even know about it, we can't necessarily bring it to the Lord for healing, but we really need to, you know? And so there's a lot of shame, a lot of embarrassment, a lot of insecurity, doubt, confusion, those kind of things, the overwhelm, those kinds of things fester when it's in the darkness because that's where it's isolated. That's where we become isolated. We close in on ourselves and we think something's wrong with us. We make it mean something about us, that we are unworthy, that we are just broken and beyond saving, that we can't be healed, that we are a failure. So we take maybe like a, a weakness that we're struggling with or something we've, a mistake we've made, something that we're having a hard time in, some skill that we're underdeveloped in because nobody's really taught us, frankly, so it's not even our fault. Or maybe it's something that is kind of our signature spiritual struggle. And we then turn inward and we say, I am a failure. It's not just that I failed in this way, but I am a failure because of that. Something's wrong with me now. And we fall into the spiral of shame. That's where the enemy wants to keep us. Because when we're in shame, when we're closed in, we cannot share the Lord's light and love with the world. So God wants us to bring that to him for healing. Because then we can go and share his healing with the world. Healed women help heal the world. So that's my invitation to you, is to focus on that in little ways. And it starts here by examining how these things are impacting you from living out your calling. And so now just to take it one more step further, but my focus for you really is to dive into knowing, bringing clarity, bringing to light exactly how these things are affecting you. But now I want you to look at, these are some calling catalysts. So instead of staying stuck, I invite you to take these steps instead. So number one, prayer. Listen to God's voice. Listening to God's voice, creating space for that in our lives is what's going to allow us to really, again, bring these things to light and allow them to be healed. And part of that is accepting the challenge and the hard of the inner work, the hard inner work that it takes to renew our minds, as scripture tells us in Romans. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what God calls us to. And we can do that intentionally and consciously. We can bring these things that are subconscious, that are deep, deep in our hearts that, are, that we're struggling with to the surface to be healed and to be redeemed. And the other thing that it takes is the willingness to slow down enough to do so, to create space for the Lord to move, to create space for the self-reflection, to be willing to release some of the hustle that the world tells us we have to do in order to be worthy. So once we accept and we just keep allowing ourselves to be delighted in, in who we are in God's eyes first and just belonging to him, even when it's uncomfortable, we can ask God, God, help me to rest, help me to be still and to hear from you. When all I'm feeling is that pressure to just throw myself into more busyness and work because it's, it's uncomfortable to sit here and to really examine these things closely because they're not easy but he's inviting us to because he wants to bring healing to them. So another component that's a catalyst for us breaking through these barriers and living out our calling is the integration of our mind, body, and spirit. An integrated approach to our health and our well-being and to actually following through with building the steps to live out our calling. And why is an integrated approach so important? It's because so much of our, we don't even realize, but like we are made as integrated human beings. 
That's how God created us. And so there's so much of our past and even trauma responses that happen when we start to step into the unknown, when we start to break some of these barriers, when we start to try to work through some of these fears and these insecurities and all these things. Because again, it's deeply ingrained thought patterns and experiences and history and how we've been treated over time, how we've been conditioned to treat ourselves and to believe or not to believe in ourselves and what we're capable of. You are made for so much more. And I have been doing a lot of work in learning trauma-informed approaches to coaching. And that's what I bring into my coaching community. And it's just beautiful to see the impact that that's had both for me and my own work internally, as well as in my ladies who are a part of it. And then the last things really mentorship and support, such a big catalyst for us living out our calling and stepping fully into that accountability. Accountability can help give us a little bit of a push when we're having trouble believing in ourselves or following through accountability is so critical. And so that can be so helpful either from a group accountability perspective or from a one-on-one perspective. Again, that's what my ladies always talk about is so helpful in this group because we meet consistently once a week. And that consistency sometimes is all we need to help us to actually show up to do the hard work sometimes or to have these conversations to create space for the Lord to move in different ways. Because the thing is, If it was easy enough for us to do it, we would have done it on our own already. We wouldn't have these challenges, but we need each other. That's what we're made for. And tying that into the very last point here, another catalyst for our calling is community. A community of like-minded women in fellowship, of those who are also doing the same thing and working through these hardships to live out their own calling and to step more fully into the fullness of who God has created them to be. And so that's what we're helping each other with. And so many of us, again, feel so isolated and alone in trying to do this on our, on our own. In the communities that we're a part of where we might not have a lot of women around us, let alone those who, who believe the same things, who have these same values and want to ground their lives in Christ too. But it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to stay isolated. That's where the enemy wants to keep you. But you're meant to run this race with other women around you. So this is what my coaching program Renew and the group community is all about. It's here to remove these barriers, to fill these gaps. And I want you to just be invited today to take this next step of not only reflecting on this work, but also continue to begin this work of letting go of the layers of limiting beliefs and these barriers that are holding you back from what you are meant to receive from the Lord, the grace that he wants to give you, to do what he calls you to do, to do all that he asks of you in both your family life and your work and beyond that too. You can overcome these things that are holding you back from living in your purpose and experiencing the profound peace and clarity that comes with that, the fulfillment that comes with that, the joy that comes with that, because it's not easy, but it is so, so beautiful when we are really embracing that calling because it expands us far beyond ourselves. It's so powerful to live in your calling and to be surrounded by other women who are doing the same thing. And so the energy that I feel in my group coaching sessions And as I see each of these women who are just embracing those challenges and they're stepping into who God is calling them to be, stepping into greater belief in who he says they are first. Because when we have this conviction, when we've prayerfully discerned God's will, when we do that every step of the way, we find that clarity. And with that clarity in our calling comes the invitation to take each step one at a time. Because again, he's a lamp unto our feet. He lights our path. And whenever we're not living it out, on the other hand, because of all these reasons I went through today, these 10 primary reasons that I see time and time again, we feel this restlessness within us, like something's missing. 
this longing that's deep within us. We feel like there's something dying within us because it's not being tended to. It's not allowed to come out. We feel like we're supposed to be doing something, but we're not. And usually it's because we're living in fear. Fear is stealing our dreams. It's creating doubt. It's sowing seeds of doubt where God is calling us to move in faith, to plant the, he's planting these initial mustard seeds. Like they're small, but that's all that it takes to start. But fear is quieting the sound of our calling. So if this speaks to you, any of what I've talked about today speaks with you. If you're struggling with any of these things, you are not alone. And I just invite you to come and see what it's like first and decide if it would be right for you to join in my group coaching program and community. I'll share more details below. But together, we're going to help you quiet your mind enough to hear the Lord speak to you, to start to release some of that self-doubt, to make more room for connection with him so he can pour into you that belief, that conviction that's Holy Spirit-led, and then give you the tools you need to carry out whatever he places in your heart. Because he doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. Yes, we're each given these God-given gifts and talents and everything, but they're not fully developed. They're not matured until they're matured in Christ because they're often operating in the flesh, but they need to be matured to the point where they're operating in the spirit. And that's what happens when we start to work through all of these different things that are holding us back. So I pray that you can discern your own calling through the tools that I'm giving you here and beyond. And then as we've talked to today, that you may have the courage to live it out because that's where the rubber really meets the road and where God will bear so much fruit through you. I pray this blessed you today. I'm praying for you always, and I'm here for you, friend. So I'll talk to you soon.